Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into another edition of the Hooper's Log. It is again the Southwest Division preview for today, 2015-2016 preview of the Southwest Division. We have October 21st, 2015, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, again here on CLNS Radio. Again, we have a pretty jam-packed show. We're going to talk about all things Southwest Division today. We're going to start off with the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll get to them in a little bit. We'll then talk about the three teams in Texas, the Texas Triangle, and then we'll talk about the New Orleans Pelicans and obviously get to our division awards, a lot like how it's been set up in the past. Yesterday we did the Pacific Division Awards or the Pacific Division Preview, and then last week we did all of the Eastern Conference. And if you want to listen to any of those older episodes, listen in to CLNS Radio or listen to anything on the Blog Talk Radio uh, website here for the Hoopers Log. Again, uh, there's a lot we have planned in the future. SimoBuckets.com will have some of those insights for you. NBA.com, or excuse me, NBA 2K16, we have the giveaway. Again, if you haven't heard it already, what is the total point scored in the career of Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals Game 5's total, five, total Game 5's points scored? So all Game 5's in his NBA Finals career, uh, you know, basically how many points did he score in a total. If you want to call in and give us the answer, the phone number is 323-642-1558. We do have Andrew Norris here today. We'll get to him shortly. Um, but first, we have, uh, again, we have some friends from TickIQ.com. They have been giant supporters of CLNS Radio, and we have been getting more and more uh, just, just information from them to really give you to help us over there, our friends over at TickIQ, that is TIQIQ, just released a fantastic rewards-based mobile ticket buying app. These guys already have the cheapest tickets for all Boston sports, and now with mo- with their mobile app, you can save up to 10% more on tickets to any live event. You can set price alerts to be notified when tickets within your price range become available, as well as see all the top deals for games at the Garden, Gillette Stadium, and on the road, or you know, maybe up here in the Pacific Northwest, anywhere else, they they aggregate all ticket sellers on one platform. They have the most competitive prices out there. Head to the Apple App Store, download the Tick IQ app, and start saving today. T I Q, IQ. Use promo code all capitalized Boston B O S T O N for ten percent off your first purchase. Again, that's B O S T O N for ten percent off your first purchase. That's T I Q. IQ, tickiq.com, and they have the app 
They have everything all set up ready for you. And again, if you put in that Boston promo code, you will get the opportunity to join on with these guys. Again, we're going to get shirts and beanies. I'm telling you, they're going to come in soon. I'm thinking maybe within the next couple of weeks we'll put them together. Obviously, at the beginning of November, they will be up and ready to go, I believe. I mean, maybe not done yet, but we'll buy them and get them all set up and ready for you. Uh, And again, today, we're going to talk about the Houston Rockets, San Antonio Spurs, Dallas Mavericks, Memphis Grizzlies. New Orleans Pelicans. Andrew, how you doing today? So, man, I'm doing good. And guys, if you want those shirts, just let us know, and we can, you know, we can speed it up at least one or two for you guys. So, you know, just just let us know, and we can figure something out. But I'm doing good. Uh, what are we? Six days away. I'm you know, just like I said yesterday. I'm getting excited, man. It's it's a good time. It is a good time to be here on the radio. I'm more than excited to get down and break down this division for you because my favorite team and my team I grew up with is in this division. Let's get it going, shall we, Andrew? Let's go. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. We're going to start off with the team that last year didn't get any kind of, let's just say, let's just, shall we say it, do respect or or eyes. They, this team last year, the Memphis Grizzlies, they were the number two seed all season long. They hovered around the number two seed, seed and then they kind of dropped off into the fifth seed, uh, you know, with the crazy Western Conference where everyone all season long was separated by a, a couple of games, maybe one game. At one point, the top, the middle, the middle two seeds were separated by about one, maybe a game and a half. The Western Conference was crazy, but the Memphis Grizzlies got no love at all from the media. All year long, they hovered right behind Golden State. I mean, granted, they fell off, obviously, when Golden State won 67. But this team, a year ago, won 55 games, and no one even really knew about it. I mean, obviously, they had Marcus Gasol, who was going to be a free agent in the summer. They re-signed him. I wouldn't say unexpectedly, but I, people thought he was going to go to a bigger market, but he decided to stay and take the big cash. Zach Randolph is still with the team. He's going to be a free agent in a couple of years, so they at least have that dynamic duo for this season coming up and the season after. Jeff Green, they still have him. Tony Allen, a lockdown defender. Jeff Green's a free agent next year. Courtney Lee, they still have him. He's solid. He's nothing special, but he's a solid player. He's a free agent next year. Matt Barnes, they picked him up from the Clippers. He's a free agent next year. Mike Conley, underrated. He's a lot like George Hill, if not better. And he is a guy that can really run the show here in Memphis. He also is a free agent next summer. This team is really free agent crazy next year. I mean, for this season. Everyone in their mom is a free agent. I mean, Jeff Green, Courtney Lee, Mike Conley, they have a lot of guys who are free agents. And then you got to go to their bench. Vince Carter, who is beyond past his prime. It's, it's stupid how far away from his prime he is. He's not the Vince Carter who's going to jump over people in the Olympics. He's not going to be the Vince Carter who crazy, goes crazy at a dunk contest. He's, he, can't, he, barely, he can barely dunk these days. But Vince Carter's still a productive player from the outside. He's definitely evolved his game to become more of an outside threat. Brandon Wright, another guy who really has his sets, his sights set on the bench and can do a fantastic job off the bench. Jarnell Stokes, I don't know how he's going to perform, but he's going to come in from time to time. Beno Udre, Andrew Harrison, two guys, two point guards that can come in and run the show at a relatively normal clip. The problem is, is where can they grow? This team is really the same team from a year ago. Maybe an addition with Matt Barnes can help a little they still are lacking one thing, and that's a go-to score. Outside of that, this team really is what they are. They're not going to make a giant leap. They're not going to make a big-time step unless everyone steps up and just plays out of their mind. When this team plays their normal clip, they're a 50-win team. 
55 win team. They hover. They're 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 a playoff team. They're a good team. They can ruin teams' dreams in the regular season and postseason. They can do that. David Yorger has proven himself over the last three years as a guy who can maintain the ship in Memphis. I mean, if everybody has a career year again, they're not going to be a title contender. They're going to go far, but they're not winning a title. This is not a title championship contending team. They're a regular playoff team. And they're good enough to compete for a title, but they have to need someone to step up and score on a daily, on a nightly basis and be a go-to guy. I mean, they're loaded, but unless, again, a guy like Kevin Durant is walking through that door, maybe even a DeMar DeRozan, this team is really they're, – they're just not a, a championship-contending team. There's free agents everywhere. You have, like I said, Jeff Green, Courtney Lee, Mike Conley. Outside of Marcus Saul and Brandon Wright, the two guys at the center position who are going to be on this team – they're, everyone's pretty much a free agent heading into the 2017 season. This team will rapidly change over the next couple of seasons, and this might be the last time we see this entire crew put together. They've been together for a while now. Who knows? They might all re-sign. But, again, nobody paid attention to them last year, and they were the two-spot all year. Andrew, can they compensate for the lack of go-to score? I mean, outside of that, this team is very competitive, but are they still a legit threat in the Western Conference, especially in the Southwest Division? Uh, you know, they're they're a poor man's version of the early to mid two thousand Pistons. Um I, now I don't think they have have the right setup to to really take that next step. First of all, it's happened once where a team like this has won and of course it was my Pistons. Uh, you know, the my favorite team to ever step foot on a basketball court that when they when they beat the Lakers it was just unreal. But this team has either the best or the you know top three center in the league, Mark Saul, a top ten in any other era, top five point guard, Mike Conley. Um, they 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 just don't have it though. They they have the chemistry, they have the the grit, they have the determination. They'll play through injuries, they'll do it all, but they're just it's one of those times where they just don't have enough talent. Um, you know, it's it's sad to see because it's one of those teams that you, you would really like to see one at all just because they do it all right. And, it, you know, it's not these guys who are, except for that crazy guy they just got, Matt Barnes, who should never be allowed to play in the NBA again. Um, you know, other than that, they're, they're going to do it right off the court. They're going to do it right on the court. And they're going to go out. They're going to play their hardest. they got a good coach. Um, you know, they're going to win 50-plus games every year. But they're just not – in my opinion, they're probably never going to be able to take that next step. Uh, it's can the, can, it's going to be – oh, you're good. Go, go ahead. Oh, you're good. No, you're good. Keep going. They just uh, – it, it, it's possible. Um, I, you know, I, I give it less than 10% chance that this team ever makes an NBA Finals with this core. Um, and not only that, they've won – they're winning 50 games, but they're aging. Uh, you know, Mark Saul is not getting any younger. Mike Conley is getting towards the older age. He's not old, but he's you know he's, he's getting closer and closer every year. Um, now a guy who I really love, who only played in about thirty games last year, only about two hundred fifty minutes, is Jordan Adams. He's number twenty-two pick in the two thousand fourteen draft. Um, played a lot in the D League, but you know for in the D League he shot forty percent from three. There's actually a hashtag going around. That was uh, free hashtag free Jordan Adams. These fans in Memphis really want to see him play, and he's one of those guys who could come in and be a spark. You know, he could be the Danny Green, he could be the Patty Mills. You know, you love the Spurs, so obviously you, you're big fans of those two guys. Yes, but he could re- he could really be that. You know, now 
do I think do I think that's probable? No. Uh, he also underwent uh, a, a knee surgery this summer. Uh, he's expected. I think he's already practicing. I think he's fine now. But uh, team is is good. It's going to be very good. It could upset a team in the first round, the second round. But the Western Conference Finals is about its ceiling. And in a city like Memphis, where you're not getting these big time recruits, that's nothing to hang your head over. The amount that this team has done in a place that it's at, and with the as high of, or as low of draft picks as it's been getting, you know, in the twenties and and lower, uh, it, it's really amazing what they've done, and and the culture that's been built there is something that could really last for a long time. Yeah, and and it's one of those things where this this team, I mean, you talk about you talk about a team that really, I mean, they are who we thought they were. This is this team is not going Dennis Green from the Cardinals about 11 years ago. This 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 is not this is not a team that's going to shock and awe people because they are just good. They're I mean they're a team and that's Western Conference good. That's not Eastern Conference. If this team was in the Eastern Conference, they'd be contending for titles year in and year out. I'm talking about Eastern Conference titles because they can compete with the likes of my uh excuse me, Cleveland Cavalier team. They can compete down low on the block with that Cleveland Cavalier team. They can compete at the guard position with that Cleveland Cavalier team. The only issue they would have is LeBron. And Tony Allen is the defender that would guard him. So you would see a very good matchup if those two teams met up. And I don't think Memphis can go to the finals. Now, again, the one caveat to all that, and I just mentioned it, free agency. This team is really – this is really the last time we're probably going to see this team put together because Mike Conley probably – deserves and he not probably he does he deserves to go to a a market where he's looked at and actually uh, you know given the opportunity to become something special this guy has been under the radar his entire career outside of you know outside of when he was in college and when he was in when he's in high school this guy in the NBA has been just not been seen as a top guy and he is just people don't don't give him the recognition he deserves this guy went to New York next year and got a big contract that would change everything, and he would have the spotlight on him, and I think he'd do outstanding because he just knows how to play the game the right way, and he's he's above average when it comes to his other skill sets. The guy's a great player. He he makes the team better. You saw it in the playoffs last year when he was injured. He really com- com- combines the team together, a lot like George Hill in Indiana. He just does that. He's better than George Hill in Indiana. And as we know, this big man combo in Marcus Gasol and Zach Randolph is, is the best in the NBA. I don't really think there's much better outside of maybe a Los Angeles Clippers. This is really the more fundamental, most physical. I mean, Zach Randolph is a guy that is no nonsense in the paint. He will dominate you. He's a bowling ball in the paint. Marcus Gasol is one of the more fundamental, if not a top one, top two center in the NBA. You're talking about a, a down low presence that is unlike any other, but it's the same team. It's it's been the same team for the last three years. Nothing's changed. I mean, the only thing that's changed now is they have a new spark in Matt Barnes. But like you said, is re- is the guy really going to help? I don't think so. The bench is still old and not getting much better. They have some improvements. They have some young guys, but there's no real spark that can generate this team to make them get over the top. I mean, will this team grow? I mean, I don't think they will. I mean, 50 teams, a deep playoff run, like you said, exit in the Western Conference Finals like they did back in uh, 2013 when they played the Spurs and when the Spurs played the Miami Heat, that's kind of what you're expecting this season at its best. I mean, this team, if they run into a Los Angeles Clippers, they're going to get beat. They're just not They're just not as deep. They're not as talented. They're, they're, they're good. They're just not as talented. Um, again, 
everyone's free agents, so everyone might kind of play out of their minds this year, especially those starters and Jeff Green, Courtney Lee, and Mike Conley. They might play out of their minds so they can get paid. But outside of that, you're looking at really just a big man group with what they have. This team has a chance to play in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, that's about it. They they can they can ruin team seasons like you said in the in the postseason, but they won't win a title. I mean, if they face up against a Cleveland Cavaliers team, it would be a good matchup. Unless they pull like a like a you know like what the Golden State Warriors last season, they're going to have to play perfect, and that's the only way they're going to contend for a title. That's the only way they can. They're the ultimate spoilers this season for the Western Conference, and unless Kevin Durant or some high-profile scorer walks through that door and, and they have a well-oiled machine, fundamental, they're a grindhouse. This team is just really a grindhouse. They just need one score. And what I've, I've mentioned it multiple times, and I know I've mentioned one of the – I know I've mentioned his name multiple times, but I'm telling you, if a couple years from now when DeMar DeRozan's a free agent and this team can find a way to kind of stay together and pick up a guy in DeMar DeRozan – you're talking about a situation in Memphis where now they finally, and if they grow that bench from a young perspective, they're kind of old on the bench part right now, or at least they're just developing. I mean, obviously Vince Carter's older. He's going to be gone in a couple of years. But if they can find a way to guy like DeMar DeRozan in a couple of years and they still keep the core intact, you're talking about a team that really has a chance at contending in that Western Conference and maybe even going over the top into the NBA Finals. That's just their opportunity. But right now, they just they just kind of are – what they are. There's not going to be anything else other than that. Do you want to say anything else about the Memphis Grizzlies before we move on? I think that's the perfect way to describe them. Uh, you know, I, I, and a lot of people think I'm a Warriors hater. I'm not a Warriors hater. I, what they did last year is amazing. But this Memphis team was up 2-0 on the, on the Warriors. You know, it, it really showed what this team's all about, and that's what's so fun about them. They, they can beat you down. They can have their players go out there with a broken face and, you know, drop 20 points and get, you know, defend your best player like Mike, Mike Conley did against the Warriors. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're a team who's reached their ceiling. They, they're, they've been at their ceiling for a while, and, you know, they're a team that has a chance to stay there like they have, or they could really regress this year. I, and it's not something that I think any true basketball fan wants to see, especially fans of the way the game's played because they do it the right way. But I do think it's a real possibility. I see anywhere from 48 to 52 wins for them. And that sounds about right. And, and, and again, I really like the crowd in Memphis. They they are a true blue-collar basketball fan base, and they really stick behind their team. I mean, when they moved from Vancouver back in the day to Memphis, it was kind of an odd circumstance. But at the same time, this fan base really has shown their true passion for this, this organization. And it's really become a tough place to play basketball, especially with how fundamentally sound they've become. You can make the case and make the argument outside of maybe the San Antonio Spurs or a couple of other teams that they're a top five, top three fundamental basketball team in the NBA. Oh, yeah. The only difference is the only difference is they just don't have that it factor. They don't have that go-to guy or that, that attraction that maybe high marketable players want to go. Now, if they pick up one guy, which a lot of teams need, just one guy, if they pick up one guy who can score or if a guy develops into a big-time scorer or a go-to guy, then, yes, they become the next level. But that's all they've needed. But they've needed that for the last three years, and I honestly just don't see that guy walking through that door. You're listening to the Hooper's Log here on CLNS Radio. Again, check out TickIQ.com. That's TickIQ, T-I-Q. IQ.com. Type in the promo code Boston to get 10% off on your first uh, ticket uh, buying today. Get it done and go for it. Again, you're listening to Steel Honest Radio through Blog Talk Radio. We're going to go to Texas. 
We're going to go to Texas, and we're going to talk about the two Texas programs. We'll be right back here in just a bit. we got an oldie for you, a good-time oldie rap song, and you'll love it. Sideways talking about 
the Texas Triangle. Yeah, you better believe it. We're talking about the Southwest Division preview. We just broke down the Memphis Grizzlies for you, and now we're going to be breaking down the Texas Triangle. Again, you're listening to the Hoopers Log here through CLNS Radio, the CLNS Radio app. If you don't have it, get, get it going. Tick IQ, T-I-Q, uh, IQ.com. Check it out again. Boston, B-O-S-T-O-N will get you a 10% discount on your first purchase there. Go to a TIQIQ.com. Again, the phone number, 323-642-1558. If you want to win NBA 2K, answer the answer the, the question, what is the total points scored in the career of Michael Jordan in the NBA Finals Game 5? Total points scored in all Game 5s in the NBA Finals. If you have the answer, call us again, number 323-642-1558. The first team hey, in Chris. the Texas Triangle. What's up? Just real quick, uh, I just want to give one more shout-out. We gave a shout-out yesterday. They're playing us over the loudspeakers in the store. It's good to hear. One more shout-out to Grinders Pizza in Mount Clemens. We appreciate you guys listening, and feel free to call in. Yes, sir. Call in. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Uh, the first team, the first team, and again, thank you, Grinders Pizza. That's awesome. The first team I want to talk about in this Texas Triangle is what you just heard. Paul Wall, Houston, Texas, the Houston Rockets last season, and, and I have been having some high praise for this team in the offseason and for deservedly so. Now, I've kind of come back down to earth on the prediction of this team. Again, they won the Southwest Division by a game over two teams, which was Memphis and San Antonio. Both went 55-27. and 27. Houston went 56 and 26, they just eked it out on the final week of the season to come out and finish with the second seed. They were like a seventh seed early on, and then all of a sudden they just came out of nowhere and had a hot streak, made it to the Western Conference Finals, and obviously lost to the Golden State Warriors. But this team coming in again kind of with the same same mentality, a little bit different, but they are deep as all deep can be, and this team can make a run like no other if all clicks for them. A lot like a lot of a lot like teams a lot of teams in the Western Conference can do so. Again, Dwight Howard's going to be back, but his back is killing him. I mean, he's always had back problems. He's always had shoulder problems. He's always had some form of injury-related issues. And Dwight Howard is back in the building. But if he comes out and plays at a healthy clip, maybe 60, 70 games this year, and that's asking a lot over his recent trend of history. He can perform and, and be one of the better centers in the NBA. I, I don't believe it, but he probably can. Terrence Jones, he's going to be a free agent next year. He might want to be, he might want to pick up his game this season, and he's known to be a solid rebounder, but can he finally do something in the post and get a little bit of baskets here and there? Trevor Ariza, again, another fantastic option at the three position. The guy has been known to play a really outside brand of basketball, and he's known to find a way to score buckets in, uh, in the paint from time to time, but he's mostly just an outside threat. Obviously, no need to really go deep into him because he's the best shooting guard in the NBA, and that's James Harden. Defensively, we know he's a joke, but he is the best offensive threat at the two-guard the NBA's seen anytime soon. Ty Lawson is coming from Denver. He can help out the team immediately. I know he's going to be out for maybe a week or so based upon his, uh, his situations in the offseason, but the guy is one of the better options at the, at the one guard, at the one position on any team in the NBA. Now, granted, he had some problems in Denver last year, but Denver really was a giant mess in the Northwest Division. We'll get to them next week, or excuse me, uh, next fr- this Friday in a couple of days. But Ty Lawson really 
if he puts his his game together, he's one of the better uh, point guards in the NBA, and he proved it last season with a couple of games where he had some monster monster games. I believe he had 15 assists in a couple of games. He can really put the ball on the floor and find a way to find open guys. Patrick Beverly, he got paid this offseason, a guy who can come in off the bench, maybe even start most of the season off and on with Ty Lawson, kind of a two-guard back backcourt at the point guard position with James Harden. Patrick Beverly is one of the best defenders, if not the best defender at the point guard position in the NBA. Uh, that's pretty much his mainstay. Outside of that, the guy is a pretty solid point guard, but the guy defensively is one is one of the best, if not the best, at his position. Their bench, DeHontis Montayunas, guy is a really good uh, fundamental basketball player from Europe. He can find a way to get you get you buckets uh, unorthodoxly. He, he's known to do that. He's been doing that the last couple of years. Corey Brewer has found a way to step up his game every single year and become a contributing factor. He's not the best player, but he can find a way to find spots on the floor to become a solid contributor. Marcus Thornton, another solid pickup from the Houston Rockets, a guy who can cover for James Harden for a couple of minutes here and there when he's catching a breather. Sam Decker and Montrez Harrell, two guys they drafted. Sam Decker from Wisconsin, Montrez Harrell from that brothel in Louisville that they've been talking about the last couple of days. Montrez Harrell is a guy that really Montrez Harrell is a guy that really can find a way to just give you energy, and that's what he is. He is a bundle of energy. He can come in the ball game and get you five, ten minutes of energy that you might need if your team's on a down part and they're not playing well. He'll find a way to enter, generate energy off the bench. He reminds me of a lot like Reggie M, Reggie Evans. When he plays for the when he played for the Sacramento Kings and the Seattle SuperSonics back in the day, a guy who will just come in and get you five rebounds immediately and potentially give you a couple of buckets to really generate the crowd. That's kind of what I see in Montrez Harrell for this season. He might improve from there. Who knows? Sam Decker again, a guy who's known to score buckets in college. I don't see him doing that in, in, in the NBA. I think he's more of a guy who's going to come off the bench and get you a couple of threes, maybe a couple of outside jumpers to kind of generate some things. But he's got he's a guy who's probably going to average six to seven points a game. He's not going to do much. But off the bench, he's going to be the perfect fit and no pressure for him to succeed coming into this year as, a, as one of the more improved guys in college. Clint Capella will come in and, and cover for Dwight Howard from time to time, and K.J. McDaniels, as a small forward, can cover Trevor Ariza. This team is very solid. Kevin McHale coming into his fifth season as a head coach. Every key player is there till 2017 um, outside of Terrence Jones. I mean, this is a very solid team, a Western Conference Finals contender. They're the type of team that can put it together again, and that that's the question. Can they do it again? Can they put it together again? That was the question a couple years ago when they first put this all together when James Harden came over from Oklahoma City and Dwight Howard came over from L.A. Can these guys put it all together and become the program, the team, the 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 you know the feel the, 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 the feeling, the, the face of the organization? Can these guys really put together a, a situation where they become a championship contender. And last season, you saw the stepping stones to becoming that. This could be the year where they make that leap and make that leap into the NBA Finals. They could do it. And if everything goes well, if they improve on defense, if James Harden can find a way to actually play a defensive position and guard a man, if he can do that, which is very hard to ask considering he's been a, a uh, vine phenomenon when it comes to his horrible defensive presence. If he can just find a way to just do something on the defensive floor, James Harden will become that much better, and he will win an MVP. He's that close already with his terrible defense. If he can just improve a little bit, who knows what this team could do. I mean, and the one question I have for you, Andrew, and you can give your take on the Houston Rockets, can the bench truly compensate for when the starters go out? Because this team is very starter heavy, but that bench can come in and provide – if that bench can come in and provide the spark a la 
Miami Heat from 2012-2013, a la L.A. Lakers from 2010-2011, or excuse me, 2009-2010. If this team can have a bench like that, can they compensate for the starters and their greatness coming off the bench? Uh, First of all, Chris, that's how you introduce a team. That was a great piece of radio you just had there. Um, Second of all, yeah, yeah, I really like the the bench on this team. Um, You know, at the small forward position, it's a logjam now. You got a first-rounder in Sam Decker. You have your starter in Trevor Ariza. And then you got a very solid player who who will play the two-guard, too, but, you know, will play a lot of the three because James Harden is going to be playing 40 minutes a game in Corey Brewer. You also have a, a player who I like a lot. You know, I was I was shocked in the seventy. I shouldn't say I was shocked, shocked in the seventy sixes got rid of them because they get rid of all their young talent. In KJ McDaniel's, yeah. you know the the Ty Lawson trade. Uh, I don't know if he'll be starting or if Pat Beverly will be starting or how that's going to work out. But that's a deep. You know, you all automatically might have the deepest point guard position, or they might be deepest at point guard in the whole NBA. You got Patrick Beverly and Ty Lawson. Two guard, you don't need a backup. Uh, but you do, and, you know, Corey Brewer, who will split, you know, he'll be his two guard, he'll be small forward. Uh, you know, and then down low, you got Terrence Jones, you got Harrell, you got Monte Unis, you got Dwight, you got uh, Click Pellet, you got, you got all you need. I mean, this team is deep. This team is stacked up top. This team, this team has everything you need to go and win a championship besides the actual ring. Uh, I, I don't know if they are now, but they I know they were your favorite to win the title. Uh, you know they're they're definitely in my top three. This, this team is this team is a force to be reckoned with. Um, this is a team that go out and win sixty five games. This team could have a Golden State year if this team stays healthy. This might be the best team in the NBA. Uh, Dwight Howard can can do what he's done when he has been healthy. Uh, this team probably is the best team in the NBA. That bench will be fine. That bench is one of the most talented benches in the NBA, if not the most talented. I mean, if you just look at two positions and point guard and small forward, it's already one of the most talented benches in the, in the league. But then you look and you got a backup power forward who'd start on any other team, whether it be Monty Unis or Jones. You, you got a, you got like three centers who could be, who are good backups on any team. It's really, is really, you know, they're awesome, man. And I'm not a big fan of the Rockets, but I'm a big fan of how this roster has been constructed about the moves they've made. You know, missing out on Carmelo might have actually ended up being a good thing for them. Uh, it gave them more flexibility, more ways to build around James Harden, more ways to build around Dwight Howard. You know, you go get Carmelo, you don't have Ty Lawson. Who's your backup point guard? Pablo Brigioni again? Like, did, did, they, did they end up keeping him if they didn't get – you know what I'm saying? It's, right, right. It's a team that, that could – easily go out and grab the one seed. They were riddled by injuries last year. You just got to hope the same thing doesn't happen again, whether you're a fan of the team or not, just because, you know, you never want to see injuries in the sport, especially with a team this good. You don't want to – you just don't want to see that. Uh, You know, I think this team ends up taking the one seed in the West. I have them winning easily over 60 games. Um, They win 56 last year. Well, missing, well, having more injured players than any other team in the league. They had the most games missed because of injury than any other team in the league. And they won 56 games. Put that into perspective. You got a great in the Western Kevin Conference. McHale. Yeah, in the Western, in the best division in basketball. Yeah. You got a great coach in, in Kevin McHale. You're playing the Spurs four times a year. You're playing the Mavericks four times a year. You're playing the Pelicans four times a year. 
and you you go out and you win sixty games or almost sixty games. Yeah. It's it's nuts. This team this team should be the favorite in the West this year. I know people are kind of counting them out. They're people are only looking really at the Spurs and the and the Warriors, which I think is silly. I think there's four teams, maybe even five, yeah. who really could go out there and grab the one seed. This is the West this year is probably the deepest. You know they they've they've improved almost every year. This might be the deepest conference in the history of the NBA. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, and you mentioned it. This is the best division in basketball. Period. Uh, from a year ago, maybe not now, but from a year ago, this was the best division in basketball by far. Each team made the postseason. One of each team represented the first round in the in the Western Conference. Houston represented against the team. Memphis represented. San Antonio played the Clippers. Dallas played against. I believe Dallas even played. It was Memphis or Houston. I forget. Then the New Orleans played against Golden State. Each of these teams represented the West. This is the best division in the best conference, and this was the best team in the best division in the best conference in basketball. And like you said, injuries. And like you said, they had they, they had a lot of question marks coming into this season when it came to their bench. They had a lot of issues overall throughout the year, personnel problems. Obviously, Dwight Howard not knowing when he was going to return constantly. James Harden really having to do a lot. The bench kind of coming in and really outperforming most of the time, you know. And the great thing about this year coming in is that one guy and picking up in Ty Lawson really changes the outlook because Ty Lawson played on a bad team last year. Let's just say, let's just say how it is. He played on a bad team. Denver was projected to do a lot better than they were, and Ty Lawson still put up the numbers he did. And now he's on an even more talented team, guys that are already solidified as superstars in the NBA and James Harden, Dwight Howard, when healthy. And you're talking about a guy that's going to come in now, maybe off the bench at the beginning of the year, but when he starts getting into the flow of this team, you look out and think that this is a this is a big three in the making. And then you have a guy in Patrick Beverly who can start pretty much on any team in the NBA with his defense. And you have a team in James Harden, Ty Lawson, Dwight Howard, maybe even a little outsider in Trevor Ariza who could come in and do something this year. Who knows? Maybe not be special, but if he just plays his role. This team has a bunch of role players, and they're all – put into the exact roles that they're supposed to be. Dwight Howard, superstar center. Cool. You have a guy to back you up and play a little bit. Terrence Jones, a guy who's going to be a free agent next year. No problem. Dante Monachunas, who can come in and do pretty much the same thing, if not a little different, but it's but the same kind of production. Trevor Ariza. Okay, you're, you're a pretty good player, but you have a solid backup off the bench in Corey Brewer, and then you got Sam Decker as a rookie who can prove himself. And then you got James Harden. One guy can come in and back him up from time to time, and that's Marcus Thornton, maybe a KJ McDaniels or Corey Brewer if they want to come in. And then you got Patrick Beverly and Ty Lawson who are going to split time, and I don't think either of them have a problem with that. You've got the perfect roles, and everyone's going to be around for the next couple of years. They have those couple of years to, to coordinate together and really become a championship contending team. Again, considering the division, it's – and again, it's a legitimate question. They play in the toughest division in basketball, at least from a year ago. If they can do it again, it would be monumental. And that would give that would that would test them. This division just doesn't test you from the perspective of look, you play in the Western Conference, you play in the Southwest, but each of these teams in this division have a different identity and they're all very difficult. Memphis, they're gonna grind you out. They're gonna they're gonna fundamentally grind you out and destroy you mentally throughout a ball game because of their big men and because of how Mike Conley runs the point. San Antonio, they're gonna just they're gonna chess match you to death when it comes to guys off the bench, when it comes to matchups, when it comes to certain situations, and they're gonna do that year round. Dallas, 
They're going to come out and play a finesse brand of basketball, but run you down the court. But at the same time, they're going to try to find a way to get Dirk the basketball late in ball games. And that by itself is difficult. doesn't matter how old Dirk is. Dirk could be 90 years old, and he's still going to be shooting that fadeaway. New Orleans, they have Anthony Davis, and they have a young squad. Granted, they're injured. We're going to talk about them soon. But they have a young squad, and they're up and coming, and Anthony Davis is an all-around freak. But each of these teams can challenge you in multiple perspectives. And if Houston can find a way to, again, they play, they play this division 16 times this year. That's, that's difficult all by itself. If you go 500 in that 16-game span, 8-8, eight and eight, you're doing something because this division is brutal. I mean, most teams in this division, if they have a winning record throughout this division, they're, they're already a championship contending team. It's ridiculous. And so for that perspective and that mentality, it is going to be one of those things where if Houston can repeat themselves, it, it becomes incredible. I'm enamored with this team heading into this season after the off season, But, again, it's going to take – it depends on where this team goes and how much it takes its toll on this team. I mean, this is truly just a solid, nothing over the top, great – they're just a great team. And they possess championship identity if it all clicks this season. And, again, like you said, they could perform a lot like the Golden State Warriors. Let's get into the San Antonio. I'm going to get on my soapbox. This is my team. I'm not going to go too long. I'm going to give – just give me five minutes, maybe maybe four, and I'm good to go. First of all, as a Spurs fan, I'm going to come and, and, just, and just tell it like it is. This team scared me this offseason from the perspective of, look, LaMarcus Aldridge – Picking him up was outstanding. And I'm, I am beyond excited to pick up a guy in LaMarcus Aldridge. Don't sit here and, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm not. The problem is, is this is the first year that I can remember growing up watching this team that they have really tried to build through free agency. I mean, I don't remember a time in Spurs history where they've tried to go out and pick up a free agent and really have tried to develop him and develop their core around him. And that scares me from the perspective of, look, They've had Tim Duncan forever. Tim Duncan's been in the league since 98, and they are 97, 98. LaMarcus Aldridge has been in the league for a while. Ka- Kawhi Leonard, they drafted him, and they went out and got him, and look at what he's done. Danny Green, they re-signed him when he was in the D-League for a while back in the day. Tony Parker, obviously, he's at the end of his prime. He's a superstar. He's, 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 in, he's in the end of his prime, maybe even out of it now. they got a great bench still. Patty Mills, I've loved ever since Patty Mills was on this team. I have loved this guy. He was the cheerleader when he was hurt in, in the 2013 finals. And then he came in in 2014 and stepped up beyond all. And he was the guy to cheer for. And then he got paid in the off season. Outstanding stuff for him. Manu Ginobili, he's flat out old. The guy is, I mean, he is, he can give you five minutes literally. And after that, it's, it's like, it's literally cringe time. Cause after that, you don't know if he's just going to throw the ball to the next team. Cause he just becomes a turnover machine. Kyle Anderson has showed improvement every summer and hopefully that improves and shows in the NBA coming up here soon because he's the next bright spot for this team and the next spot to grow from David West again old but he gives you a a mentality of toughness that I think this team needs and a a mentality of hunger this guy I remember when this guy was on the New Orleans uh New Orleans uh Hornets or whatever they were back then when they were the Hornets I remember when he was on that team with the with the Chris Paul the CP3 and he was scary. He scared me because he was the only legitimate threat I felt when Tim Duncan was around that era because he absolutely dominated Tim Duncan at that point in time when Tim Duncan wasn't healthy and all that, and he was a really legitimate threat. Now, he's obviously not that guy. That was about eight years ago. He's not that guy anymore, but he is hungry, and the mentality he brings to this team is going to refresh their minds and think, look, 
We're here to win championships. We're not here to make money. We're not here to do this and that. We're here to win championships. And David West will be the refreshing face that will give you that mentality of, look, if you're not here to win, what are you here to do? And he'll get in your face, and he'll tell you like it is. He did that in Indiana. He'll do it here. And I think Greg Popovich is going to love that. Greg Popovich, by the way, coming into his 19th full NBA season, his 20th overall season with this team, that's unheard of. That is unheard heard of that doesn't happen in sports it's happening now especially in the nba these days that is not that is not regular and he's coming into his 20th season his 19th full season this year david west will be a guy that will give that mentality to this team and reaffirm that he's not going to be a major factor on the floor he might get you some boards here and there but when it comes to his mentality he wants to win a title he's got a one-year deal for a reason he wants to win it now Boris Diaw. I have loved Boris Diaw's game since he got to this team. He has been a big man with the fundamentals that I, I, you can't really put in any other man because he's so big, he's so unorthodox, but the guy finds a way to just find the open man. He just finds a way, and that's what I love about Boris Diaw when he comes off the bench. He helps this team so much, and he helps them just become a better team when he comes off the bench. And then Matt Bonner can find a way to get you some threes from time to time. The, the Red Mamba, he can do some things. He's not that good realistically. But when he comes off the bench, he's a good refresher, and he gives you kind of an open. He opens the floor a little bit, just enough to make this team functional. I am, like I said, this team could win 50 games again. They've won 50 games for the last like 17 years. It's ridiculous what they've done. They're the they're the number one franchise in sports for a reason because of the consistency, the motto, the the professionalism, the excellence. I fear this year though for a reason because Tim Duncan's old. Let's just be honest, 40 years old. Kawhi Leonard is good, but he got paid. He's not – I love Kawhi. He's fundamental. He's great. But I fear that he's not developing the way we want him to in San Antonio. Tony Parker could finally hit the wall this year. Danny Green could finally, like, hit his ceiling and not be that good. Manu Ginobili could literally break his body this year and not play. And LaMarcus Aldridge, for all we know and how he played in Portland, could turn into a guy that's just soft and doesn't perform the way we want him to perform, and this team could absolutely implode this year. And that is a realistic perspective. I don't think it's going to happen knowing the history of this team, considering the way they make changes and considering the way they conduct themselves, but it could easily happen this year considering they're trying to build a new form brand of basketball with LaMarcus Aldridge. That's just a realistic perspective, and I am one of the biggest Spurs homers ever, and I am skeptical. I, I like this team. I think they're going to do fine. I think they're a playoff team. But when it comes to a title contender, let's slow it down. Andrew, what's your perspective on this team coming into this year? You know, when they first signed LaMarcus Aldridge, I kept wanting to say that guy just doesn't fit. He shoots the most shots. I, I believe he led the league in uh, shots per game last year. Uh, yeah. And, and that's just that's not the Spurs way. But then I get, I get I think about it and I go, wait a minute, Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich, oh, yeah. Greg Popovich. He, I've never seen a player go to San Antonio and not work out and not be better than he was before. And that's a scary thought with LaMarcus Aldridge, who's a 2010 guy. David West, he's old, sure, but he brings a mentality of a spur. He brings, he's the type of guy who you get him into a seven-game series and he might have a 20-minute stretch somewhere in one game where he just he re-signs it. That's what happens in San Antonio. That's what happens with these old veterans who make the playoffs. I love the addition of Ray McCallum. I really think he's a good player. I really think he has a lot of potential, especially because you said Tony Parker might hit the wall this year. Tony Parker hit the wall last year. He had a 
PR he's had in his career, uh, I think including his rookie year, uh, he he's just not what he was. Uh, Tim Duncan, Father Time, I've said it on the show before, I'll say it again, Father Time is undefeated. Right now, we're going into the 10th round with Tim Duncan, and Tim Duncan's winning on the scorecard. Okay, this is, the, this is the first time Father Time's even ever been close. First person that's ever made it out of the third round against Father Time. But guess what? He's going to get that knockout eventually. It's going to happen. Uh, Tim Duncan's not going to be playing when he's 50 years old. Uh, now, does his game let him play for a very long time? Sure. He's not jumping off the ground. He's hitting tiny little baby hook shots. He's using those nine-foot-long arms to go get rebounds. But it's going to happen. Now, will this be the year? Probably not. Will next year be the year? Maybe. Who knows? Probably not. They could probably play till he's 45, but it'll eventually happen, and it's going to start happening here soon. Uh, Manu Ginobili, like you said, old as dirt. Old as dirt. You can't <laughs> you, you can't rely on that guy for anything anymore. He's just not, he's not even very good anymore. He's just a name. And I know people hate to hear that, but he's really just a name. Um, Kawhi Leonard... It, is one of my favorite players in the NBA, but he also, unfortunately, might be one of the most overrated players in the NBA. He's great defensively. Yeah. He's a good offensive player, but ever since that series against when he, when he was guarding LeBron, by the way, he allowed almost 30 points a game, but that's besides the point. Um, right. He, just, he, hasn't, he hasn't turned into a superstar. He's had games where he's dropped 20, 30 points, but, I mean, what he averaged last year, 16, 17 points a game? Yeah, he's a good basketball. He's a good offensive basketball player. He's a great defensive basketball player. But guess what? He plays for the Spurs, so he automatically has unlimited potential. That's how it goes. And honestly, you know, if if you're smart, that's how it should go. Just because of what we've seen in the past. I, I this team, this team for me, I just can't get a grasp on them. I I think they, I really think they're in danger of not winning 50 games. And which is which might be absurd to some people after they sign Lamarcus Aldridge, right. but. But more injuries, you know, you got the best bench players ever on the Spurs. You know, even if they're not that good, they'll be that good when they need to be. Um, I just, I, I think if LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't work out, which if you watch the preseason, I know it's preseason, but they've their shot selection has been Lamar, more LaMarcus Aldridge than it's been Greg Popovich, that's for sure. Um, it's going to be one of the more interesting storylines, especially if they start slow trying to really find out how to work with Marcus Aldridge in. That's when I think you're going to see the problems. And guess what? If you don't win 50 games in the West, you might not make the playoffs. You need anywhere from 46 to 50 wins at least to make the playoffs in the West, especially this year. It's uh, obvious, you know, I'm I'm not predicting or saying they're not going to make the playoffs. That's that's nine, but but I do think this team is in danger of floating around that 50 win mark and maybe losing that streak. Yeah. And that, and that's a legitimate fear that I, that I feel as a Spurs fan and don't get me wrong. I think this team's a playoff team. I think they're a good team. I think they're going to make a deep run. And if all goes well, then there's nothing to worry about, but it's that it's just that feeling of the table, the tide is finally turning. That's what it feels like because over the last, and this is what's funny, because the media says, "Oh, these guys have been done since '08," like to, uh, Tim Duncan and Tony and, and Manu. I'm like, no, 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 no. They just got hurt. Tim Duncan was hurt for a while. Tony Parker was hitting injuries left and right. Manu Ginobili was getting hurt left and right, and they were still winning 50 games. 
this team wasn't done. They just were they were running into injuries constantly, and they didn't have a solid bench. They didn't have a team mentality bench. There was an issue with the bench and the chemistry at that point in time. When they got into 2012, 2013, 2014, and it was funny when they lost to the Thunder in 2012 in the Western Conference Finals, everyone was like, oh, the window for the Spurs is closed. And I'm like, hold on. They have a young team coming up. They have some guys coming in who are going to help this team perform and be fine. They're going to be fine. And then, boom, 2013, they win the Western Conference. Boom, 2014, they win the NBA Finals. It's like this team still can do stuff. And, yes, I agree with you from the standpoint of age and father time. It's going to hit. It's going to hit. And and I believe it now more than ever. And it wasn't back last year, a couple years ago, year before. I think more than ever, this is the year where we start to really see the diminishing skills of Tim Duncan. And I think he's not – I think he's still going to play fine. I just think that he's going to play very few minutes. I think LaMarcus is going to take over this team more than we think, and that's the part that scares me because I don't know what to expect. And I haven't walked into a season as a Spurs fan like that since I was probably 10 years old when this team played when Shaq and Kobe were running the league. That's the first time since then I really don't know what to expect when to come in, and I'm a 25-year-old man now. And that's, that's crazy to say. I mean, it's kind of like the Yankees. You know, when you grow up as a Yankees fan back in the day, you grew up and all they did was win championships and then boom, all of a sudden in the seventies, they suck. That's kind of what I feel like is going to start happening here soon. And it's not because of the, the, the roster. I think the roster is fine. I think this team's going to win 50 games. I think if, if they do win less than 50 games, it wouldn't shock me. But for Spurs fans to come in and think, Oh, all is hunky dory and good to go. I don't think that's the case. I, 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 as a fan, I am more than excited and happy, but as a realist, I look at this and I'm skeptical and I'm skeptical from the perspective of look, this is this is this is a long time coming, and it's finally probably about to come this year. And who knows? It could be a disaster. It could be a good thing. It, it just all depends on what's going to happen. And again, this is another title contending team. I agree with the media on that perspective. They just need to they just need to be a better seed in the postseason to get a, a, a home court advantage. If they can do that, they need to manage their age. They need to get along and gel. If they don't, it's gonna be it's gonna be a sight to see, and it might be a different view from the fans in San Antonio. Let's talk about the Dallas Mavericks real quick before we get into the uh before we get into the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh this team is boy. You talk about a team that really is avoiding I mean, we talk about the Lakers avoiding rebuilding. This Dallas Mavericks team is avoiding rebuilding hardcore. I mean, Dirk Nowitzki is you talk about old. This guy, there was a thing on on this Facebook site that I that I usually hang out on and I talk with people about people talking about how long does Dirk Nowitzki have left? And I was like, maybe till the all-star break, like he might be able to give you something for the next two, three months. And then he's done. Like he, he might give you that first half of the year and then he's going to fade, like literally fade more than his jumper. I mean, he's just, he's just that old. Zaza Pachulia is coming into this team. Rick Kyle, Rick Carlisle in his eighth season as a head coach, he's done an outstanding job finding a way to get this team into the postseason. I have, I have all the praise for him. Chandler Parsons, a guy who's had injuries, Wes Matthews, again, his Achilles, how long is he going to be out? Darren Williams with his calf injury, how long is he going to be out? And then this bench just makes you cringe. They're good, but they're not going to get you over the top. Charlie Villanueva, not a bad player. J.J. Barea, championship mentality kind of guy, you know, kind of like a Matthew Dellavedova-ish guy. Raymond Felton, again, another guy who's a solid player off the bench, nothing special, and he proved it when he was in New York. Devin Harris is a solid shooting guard bench player. And then Justin Anderson, Jeremy Evans, and then Samuel Dullenbar. These are all guys that are just bench players. 
and their guys are just their starting lineup is just old and battered, and they just reminds me of the Lakers, but better. Really, I mean, they're very old. They're very odd. They lack a bench, kind of. I mean, they'll win, but they're gonna fade away a lot, and it's it's a lot like Dirk Nowitzki's career. This team is a lot Dirk. Really, they're just gonna fade. They're good, but they're gonna fade with whatever Dirk does. And if Dirk doesn't play well, they're not gonna play well. I mean, will this team finally fade this year, Andrew? Uh, big time. Uh, they won what? They went fifty and thirty-two last year. Uh, what would your prediction be for them this year? Just, just want pure numbers real fast, and then I'll get back to it. What, what would you have I'm them not you're losing? Not a hundred percent up on my research on how they're going to do, but I'm telling you, mid forties, forty win team, average team. That's that's my that's what I think right now. Yeah, you're a little bit higher on them than I am. I don't see them winning more than thirty-five <laughs> games. Uh, Wes Matthews isn't going to be there for a while. Darren Williams isn't going to be there for a while. Oh, and sorry, you didn't get DeAndre Jordan. You got Zaza Pachulia. Zaza freaking Pachulia. You lost Rondo. You lost Ellis. You lost Tyson Chandler. Dirk's older and worse than he was last year. It, it's not a good team. It's it, As much as people want this team to be good, they're not. Uh, it's just they're not going to be good. They're not going to be good for a while. Uh, they better hope some draft picks that they take work out. But I can see this team t- picking in the top seven this year, top eight. Uh, I-, I think it's, it's going to be rough. Dallas, Dallas fans are in for a big surprise because I see a lot of them still thinking they can hang around an eight seed. team will not win 50 games. You lost two, It's one of those things. You lost three of your starting five. It's one of those things where, I mean, what is the goal for this organization? What does Mark Cuban have in mind for this team? What's the vision? Like, I don't see – it reminds me a lot of the Brooklyn Nets. What is the vision of this team? I mean, there's a lot of pieces that are floating. The starting lineup is all over the place. I mean, they don't really have much at many positions. Chandler Parsons is kind of the spokesman. I mean, it's weird because I don't know where the, the identity is coming from, and I feel kind of bad for Rick Carlisle knowing that he has to kind of contain this mess, and he's found a way to do so over the last couple of years. But it's weird because now they're finally coming into a year where it's like, they expect these superstars to step up and play well because they've paid them. That's not how it works. I mean, just because you've paid someone doesn't make them better. I mean, like you said, this team's not going to win 50 games this year. It's kind of like it reminds me of a car that needs detailing really bad. It's a nice car, but it needs detailing, like, really bad. That's the, that's the Mavericks. They're, they have a good team. They just – they're just they, – they don't have they're – not, they're not there. They have no engine. They have no engine. It's, it's a really nice-looking car. They just have no engine. And I think a lot of people are kind of looking at them like, ooh, the Mavericks look good. Like, they have this, this, and this. Yeah, but they, they, they are a bunch of injured, old, out of the – they're just not there as a team. If this team was all in their prime, yes, they would be outstanding, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But they're, they're not. They're, they're, these guys are all washed up. Wes Matthews is way injured. Chandler Parsons is off and on injury. He's not the key player he was in Houston back in the day a couple of years ago. And the bench is a bunch of guys that really are just past their prime and not any good. I mean, they're okay. Devin Harris is okay. Samuel Delabart's okay. They're not going to step up and win you ball games anymore. That's just this team's not built like that anymore. And this team can't just go out and plug guys in like they think they can and win the West. It's not going to – I see a big-time struggle. And like you said, competing for an eighth seed is the best they can do, is the best. Outside of that, if they do any better than that, you got to give Rick Carlisle an opportunity to be coach of the year because this this is a project for him. Oh, yeah. Anything else? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're going to be the worst team in this division. Um, they're – 
if they're if they're picking outside the top ten, I'd be shocked. Yeah, and that's saying something considering the New Orleans Pelicans and their preview, and we'll get to them in just a moment. We'll be right back. We're on the Hoopers log here. We're gonna go to a break real quick. We'll be back shortly. Just give you we'll give you some give you some hometown love from New Orleans. Wheezy baby.
Welcome on back to the Hooper's Log. Again, you are listening live here uh, October 21st, 2015, six days away from the regular season beginning. Wednesday, 2 p.m. edition here, Eastern Time. Edition here is about 3 p.m. now, but we have, again, we're going to be talking about the Southwest Division here. We're doing it now and we're going to get into the New Orleans Pelicans. Obviously, just heard Lil Wayne. You just heard Lil Wayne rapping. That's where he's from. He's from the New Orleans area. And this this team raises some raises some questions for me coming into this year. And reason being, uh, the Monty Williams firing still has me has me baffled. I was doing some research on this team last night, and Monty Williams was there for 5 years from 2010 all the way up until last season. And he finally, and I mean finally, got this team to relevancy. And he gets fired? That, that, part, that part made no sense to me. No knock on Alvin Gentry. I think he's going to come in and do an outstanding job. Maybe they just felt like they needed a new identity. They had that ideal in mind, and I feel like that's, there's not a problem with that. But to get rid of a guy who helped build this team really from the ground up to finally get them into the postseason, I feel like that's just – that's just not okay. I mean, if you have a guy building up what they did, that's just not okay. But anyway, let's get to the team. I mean, New Orleans, again, this team kind of comes in this year as what the Oklahoma City Thunder had last year, a lot of injuries. I mean, they remind me a lot of what Oklahoma City went through last year when they had like eight guys playing. Reggie Jackson was the only guy on the court who was relevant. I mean, this is a lot of what reminds me of that. The only difference is, is their only superstar, and I mean big time. Potentially the next face of the league, Anthony Davis, is on the floor. Outside of that, though, everyone around him is hurt. Omar Ashik, their starting center who they signed last year, three weeks. He's out for three weeks till mid, mid-November. Dante Cunningham is starting in, in place of Quincy Pondexter, who's out till mid-December, even later potentially with his injury. Eric Gordon, he's a free agent next summer. I mean, he's probably going to be playing out of his mind considering his contract is $15 million this year. Tyreek Evans is out. He had arthroscopic knee surgery. Who knows how long he's out. So Drew Holiday is going to take his spot. Then you have Alex Hika, who they just re-signed. He's out till mid-December. Norris Cole is out till mid-December with a high ankle sprain. Nate Robinson just got signed onto that team so that he could cover off the bench and maybe even start in place of Drew Holiday in case if he doesn't play well. Chris Douglas Roberts they still have. Alonzo G, Ryan Anderson, Kendrick Perkins. I mean, their big men are fine. Their guard position is in shambles. I mean, it's an absolute shambles. They have a bright future nonetheless. Like I said, health this year could hinder this team early a lot like Oklahoma City did last year. But this situation and how they're coming into this year with all these injuries, this could be the, pr- the proving point as to why Anthony Davis is so good. If this team, and you mentioned it, how Dallas could potentially finish the bottom of the division, which could be the case, and, and I easily could see that happening. If he can find a way to muster out this team to get 40, 45 wins this year, and they get into the postseason, they find a way to sneak in as an 8th, 7th seed, kind of like they did last year, just considering how they're going to start off this year with all the injuries, I feel like Anthony Davis is the MVP of the league, just based on that alone, because he can easily do it. I mean, he's, you can make the case he's the best big man in the league. There's definitely some other guys you can, you can argue for. But this team, if they need to make the next step, they got to go through this division, which is difficult. Their injuries early. They got a new coach. They're in the Western Conference. It puts pressure on Anthony Davis. How do you see this team working out this season for the New Orleans Pelicans, Andrew? Um, well, first of all, if a team wins 40 to 45 games, we learned last year. Uh, their guy's not winning the MVP, a la Russell Westbrook. Speaking of the comparison to the Oklahoma Thunder, 
Um, yeah. I'm a little bit higher on this team than you are. You know, normally those knee surgeries that Tyree Gavin had don't actually don't turn out to be that big big of a deal. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of guys more. It's more common in the NFL and college football for players to get the surgery, but I've seen them back in five weeks, and that's in the NFL where you're banging knees. You're not that you're not in the NBA, but um, I think this team's goal this year should be 50 wins. Um, Anthony Davis has got to be got to be the favorite for the MVP. Uh, Tyreek Evans is a beast. I mean, he's a beast when he's healthy. I, I th- this is one of my favorite. I've actually had somebody, and I honestly got I've had somebody tell me he's one of the top ten players to ever play in the NBA. Trust, I'm not saying that because I agree, or even close, or even a <laughs> mile, a hundred miles away from agreeing with it. It's not even one of the top one thousand players, probably. But he's a beast. And this guy can play every position on the court but center. He can he can run the point as we saw when Drew Holiday was out efficiently too. Um, yeah. Now with Drew Holiday back, when Tyreek Evans does get healthy, that's that's it. If Drew Holiday can play anything like he did the year before he got traded, that's almost a big three in my mind. It's not yeah. the superstar studded big three, but it doesn't have to be because the the first guy in that big three is Anthony Davis, who <laughs> you know pretty soon here, not yet. Sorry, my my guy LeBron's still there, but not yet. But he will be the best player in the NBA pretty soon here. Um. He's right now probably the second or third best player in the league. He really, if this team gets healthy or even near it at any point this season, if he really is as good as he seems, this team should win close to 50 games. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of what the Cleveland Cavaliers kind of went through last year on a different level just based on their injuries. I mean, just if, if they can finally get healthy by January and then they make a run, you're talking about Anthony Davis potentially being that MVP candidate, like you said, and I agree with you 100% on that. This team could win 50 games if they're all healthy, they gel, but that's the question. Can Alvin Gentry impact this team the way Monty Williams did? I mean, Monty Williams, five years with this team. These guys are all babies. These are all really young players, or at least really young-minded players, and he really helped get this team kind of to that, that stepping stone of being legit in this division and in this, in this conference. And finally, being something that can be reckoned with, you know, and he's gone. I mean, will how will he? You think Alvin Gentry will impact this team to that level? Um, I don't think he's a much better coach, if a better coach at all, than Monty Williams. Monty Williams doesn't build this team. Monty Williams isn't the GM. Monty Williams did what he could do with the guys he had. Uh, Tyreek Evans was going down and down and down and down, and then he hit Monty Williams, and he went up and up and up. But Drew Holiday's been healthy. He's been just as good as he was in the 76ers. Anthony Davis has, has matured beyond what even we thought he could coming out of college. Uh, Ajinta, yeah. I mean, Alexis Ajinta, he was nothing. He's a good player now. Uh, Eric Gordon, he's uh, – whatever, Eric Gordon. He's not, you know, that's, that's my way to describe him. But he was, he was worse than that. He was, he was, he's better now after playing for Monty Williams. Uh, I think Elvin Gentry is more of a name. At this point, you know, he, he won uh, as an assistant coach. But the one thing that I see that could help is he won and he was an assistant coach on a team that probably had the best chemistry in the NBA last year uh, in the Golden State Warriors. Now, if he can bring that to uh, New Orleans while implementing Anthony Davis in the same way, I mean, like I said, you're looking at a 51 team, if not higher, if, if healthy. Right. I mean, they didn't yeah, lose anybody. Key. They didn't really add anybody. But but the biggest thing is when you don't lose anybody and you're a young team, 
you're growing and growing and growing and you're not looking over your shoulder. You know, you're not you're not looking over your shoulder if you're, you know, a guy like Drew Holiday or Tyreek Evans and going, Wow, this guy who's even younger than me is playing up almost up to my level, which is not a bad problem to have on the team. But for those individual players, it, it's it's almost a good thing. Yeah, this team's in a very interesting position because, like you said, they're a young team. I mean, they they need to improve from last year. I mean, they just do because you're not going to do anything in the eighth spot in the Western Conference, and just naturally you're not going to be better if you don't add anybody. I mean, and the thing is, is how young they are, how much better Anthony Davis could get because we don't even know how much better he's going to get. For all we know, Anthony Davis could become better than LeBron. That's just stating the facts. That's just what people have talked about. And if they just improve, like you said, they could they could be better. I mean, as in just developing. They develop. They're going to be a way better team than a year ago. But, again, I think early season injuries will hamper this team early on unless Anthony Davis decides to say something about it. And if he does, if Anthony Davis can keep this team treading water all out like LeBron James was for Cleveland last year at the beginning of the year, you're talking about a team, like you said, 50. 55 wins is a potential, and it could happen. And if that's the case, Anthony Davis will win MVP. It will happen. And the, the, the face of this franchise, and it could be the face of the NBA by the, by the end of this season. People are saying in the next couple of years. No, I, I honestly think if Anthony Davis hits his stride and runs into a perfect season, you're talking about a guy that could be the face of the entire NBA going into the summer of 2016. And I believe that, especially heading into the Olympics. You better believe that Anthony Davis heading into this year's Olympics, because the 2012 Olympics, he was great. Imagine heading into this Olympics with winning the MVP, being that much more better, a year under his, one more year under his belt. You're talking about a guy that going overseas couldn't make other guys look like little child's play toys. I'm telling you, he is going to destroy some overseas big man come this 2016 uh, Olympics. All right, let's get into some division awards. Andrew, what do you think division awards? You good done? All right, division MVP. I'm having a hard time. I think the rightful MVP last year was James Harden, uh, and I think he'll be in the competition again. But I think it's going to be Anthony Davis. I'm going to pick. I'm going to. I'm going to pick James Harden just for that sake alone, because it's a tough decision. Because I have a tough decision as well. I think it's going to be James Harden. All right, division least valuable player. I want to hear yours first on this. Least valuable. You know what? I'm going to give it to Darren Williams. You know why? Darren Williams, because this guy, when he got to the Nets, he underperformed so badly to the point where it was like, bro, what are you doing? And then the final, like, month of the season, he finally improved. He's like, oh, I need to get paid. I need to do something with my life. And he decided to show up in the postseason and actually played very well against the Hawks in the postseason last year. I think he's he just – when the regular season begins, his head's not in it. He doesn't play the way he's supposed to. I don't think Darren Williams plays that well at all this year. He gives him the, I give him the least valuable player. Um, I my pick was Darren Williams, but just just sitting here and thinking while you're talking, uh, and this might be more hate than actual, um, you know, things behind it. Matt Barnes. He's gonna he's gonna hurt the Grizzlies way more than he helps them. Uh, the guy the guy doesn't fit there, attitude wise or play wise. All right, division coach of the year, who you got? Division coach of the year. Um, um, if if the Mavericks find a way to get in the postseason, it's Rick Carlisle. I don't think that's the case. If not, I'm just gonna give it to Greg Popovich. Uh, Greg Popovich. I don't know how you could pick anybody else. He's the best coach in the NBA. All right, per game leaders, who you got points per game? It really comes down to two guys. You've got Anthony Davis, James Harden, or none of the above. 
This is uh, way too easy. James Harden's going to average 28 points a game this year. It's too easy. Yep, yep. Amen to that. James Harden, he can do it by three, four, or five points even. Yeah. Okay, assist per game. This one could get interesting. You know, when you look at a guy like Ty Lawson, with the talent on the Houston Rockets, if he played 35 minutes a game, he could lead this division in assists. Uh, who do you have, Chris? I don't think Ty Lawson's a bad option, but honestly, I'm going to give it to Mike Conley for the reasons of he can just dump it down low and give it to Marcus Gasol, Zach Randolph. He can get Tony Allen on the outside. Jeff Green can score a couple of baskets. Mike Conley is going to average about eight, nine assists a game at his peak. He could do it. He could potentially average 10 if all goes perfect in Memphis, but I'm going to give it to him just based on the fact Marcus Gasol got paid, and he's going to hand it to him a lot, and he's going to most assist that way. Okay, and my pick might shock some people, um, and it's a bold prediction, I know, but my pick is Drew Holiday of New Orleans Pelicans. I think you're going to get two or three, four a game just from throwing hoops up to Anthony Davis. Um, yeah, it's true. But, but, but last but not least, we got rebounds per game. Who you got, Chris? Um, I think if people – and this is – you know what? It should be an easy pick for Anthony Davis – but to be honest with you, there are quite a bit of guys in this division who are outstanding rebounders. Omar Asikin by himself can do it. Tim Duncan can obviously can average 10 rebounds a game. I don't think he can do it anymore. LaMarcus Aldridge can. Uh, I mean, Terrence Jones is a great rebounder. Dwight Howard, when healthy, is. But I'm going to give it to Anthony Davis just from the fact that this guy is just getting better every year. Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Dwight Howard. Um, you know, yeah. I, think, I think he's going to play close to 67 a game this year. But that is it on our per-game leaders and division awards. Guys, just like I said yesterday, buy shirts, buy beanies. Listen, call in. We don't want 2K anymore. It, we're getting tired of it. It's just sitting there. It's getting dusty. We'll blow it off. We'll blow all the dust off before we send it to you. But we want you guys to buy the, or to win this. Not even buy it. It's completely free. It's sixty dollars worth of sixty four dollars after tax worth of video games for what don't you guys get? Just look up the answer. Just look it up and call in. You guys if you're still sitting there in grinders pizza. I'm sure there's a bunch of people there right now who are like, Man, I wish I had two K and guess what? If you have Xbox One, win two K. I don't care if you take it from us and then you go sell it and right there you got half the money to actually buy two K. Be smart. Look it up, call in, win two K and we'll get it sent out to you right after. All right, Chris, take it away, man. All right, we got about a minute left on the show. Again, this is your Southwest Division preview for the NBA, and we have our Northwest Division, our final division preview before we do our predictions on Monday. Our Northwest Division preview will be Friday, October 23rd, same time, same place, same area code, same everything. You name it, we're here. We're going to break down the Trailblazers, the Jazz, the Nuggets, Timberwolves, and then we're also going to break down the other team that's in this division that I really don't like to talk about, the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll talk about those five teams and we'll get it done here in the, in the Hooper's Log and we'll talk about them and obviously keep you giving those giveaways and give those answers for you. Andrew? Christopher? We're out. Peace! Alright, have a good day, everybody.